Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their original inceptions to their current pop culture incarnations. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined today by both of my co-hosts, Leonard. Hello. And Cameron. New Year, everyone. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> the first episode of 2021 <laughs> is here. We're looking forward to another year of all of the fun things we have in store for you. There's a lot on the docket, so you can look forward to many more things that are kind of franchise adjacent or multiple uh, episode requiring um, subjects. So that'll be that'll be interesting, and hopefully we get some more guests on the show too. Yeah. Yeah. And before I guess we step into what the episode is going to be about this time, how are you gentlemen doing? Good. <laughs> I, I guess I guess okay. I'm in charge. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> Cameron, how uh, yeah. how are you doing, Cameron? <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, I've had about six hours sleep over the last two days. So um yeah. Also been drinking a lot because we accidentally bought way too much alcohol for New Year's. And Accidentally. Yeah, I mean, you got to get I rid of it not, somehow. I did not buy any alcohol. Aaron showed up for our New Year's party with like three liters of stuff. I was like, that's way too much. We're not having that many people over. <laughs> yeah, it was a problem. So I, I will be, this will be my usual quiet in the background at times, occasionally passed out. But trust me, I'm here. I'm excited to talk about Blind Man. This show is so good. I'm here for you guys. <laughs> it is, and yes, um, and I'm I'm doing alright. It's um, it's been busy. It's a it's a busy, but like, not outside of the house busy stuff. So, yeah, it's it is what it is. It's, it hasn't changed <laughs> in the last several months. So, yeah. we will we will see. Uh, but yes, we are we are returning, and not only returning, but we are wrapping up the haunting of Bly Manor. So we will be covering the last three um, episodes, seven, eight, and nine, to to finish off this ghost tale. And it has been a ride. Like this, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's absolutely one of the best shows I've watched. I can't say this year anymore. Uh, I watched last year. <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, it wraps up really nicely overall. Okay, so decided to uh, dive in. Yes, same, same. I'm very excited to uh, uh, tuck this series away, and I'm eagerly <laughs> awaiting um, <clears throat> uh, what could possibly be in store for a possible third series because really the um I think there's uh, a, a deafness cats quiet I'm recording a podcast uh, you must excuse me my noisy cats are shoving their faces into their bowls and making and, 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 and summoning an invader from another version of Yarnum into my apartment yeah. Um, oh, there was there's... someone like stirring coffee behind you. Can, can you hear the bell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
there is a there's a real talent in the um the storytelling especially and it's it's um it's really highlighted between the tones of the two seasons or series which is actually uh, more appropriate uh between hill house and Bly manor so um, mm. i am very excited to see what could possibly be in store for a a third uh series yeah in 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 the haunting franchise <laughs> which is a super weird thing to say and i oh. don't actually like saying it but i do <laughs> want it. i think they should go to australia next they've done an american place they've done a british place time go to go to one of those old ghost towns filled with spanish monk ghosts or something out in the outdoors oh but you but you forget, Cameron. They did. They did Pacific Northwest for for um for the first season. So it has to be East Coast because we've got all of those ghosties around sure Maine. <laughs> Monster Central in Maine. Yeah. They're just gonna go to Point Pleasant. Yeah. Exactly. What could possibly go wrong there? Same Point Pleasant. There's no Mothman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's wide open. They could go do whatever um, mm. because of the way that they're doing these adaptations. Uh, and I don't think it necessarily needs to be another gothic horror uh, adaptation. Yeah. They could do something else. Yeah. This cast is phenomenal. Everyone's really kind of stretching their legs. Um, between these two series, you, you like you recognize them and go, okay, that's who they were playing in the other one, but the characters are so divergent from any of what they were doing before, uh, aside from, like, small um, nods, like, physical nods to things. Uh, There's not really anything in the characters that pull them in their relationships um, from one thing to the other. So, uh, in a way, like, what they're doing with this is far more... um, it's far more interesting and nuanced than what um, American Horror Store what was the mm. yeah American yeah, Horror Story yes um, I, I liked the first season of that and then it just kind of like you can repeat some of the same things but it didn't have the same feel to it I think the writing is just much tighter here and that's even more impressive because these are consistently different writers and different directors uh, between these episodes yes. Mm. So that's that's been a lot of fun, and yeah, just seeing what they're going to do next is is great. And and if they, I mean, that would be weird if they didn't do something because these are uh, very successful. But um, if they did not, uh, this is a, a either of these standalone fine is like a done thing. There's no reason to carry these specific tales any further. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That that's nice. Both of them are wrapped up very neatly. The, the 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 only thing that I will say is that I I fear for Oliver Jackson Cohen uh, Peter uh, uh, Quince um, career given that he has he has played both Peter Quint and the antagonist in the recent remake of The Invisible Man and I'm like can we not type this guy's actually a pretty good actor can we not type cast him as the awful boyfriend <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> The awful, vaguely supernatural boyfriend moving forward, because <laughs> that's a that's a real bit of mm. tight casting right there. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it, that would be a bit much. Um, let, <laughs> let, let him let him stretch his wings and do something else. I'd actually be interested if it were possible to have like everyone cycle. Like it'd be it. I mean the the series the, the the series would run forever uh, under these conditions, but. Um, give everybody like uh, um, their their starring season because mm. oh, you know yeah, it went from like, like Nell is mm. yeah because like Nell was was a main factor in Hill House but she wasn't in it a lot and then she gets an entire season to herself um, mm-hmm. in in Blind Manor which I honestly thought was fantastic because she was I thought she was really compelling in Hill House and um, her turn as Danny has been uh, pretty fantastic mm. yeah yeah seeing every like just the individual performances are, are so distant from what they were doing before it's mm-hmm. like I, I had to stop and go like what were they like I didn't really need to watch the other series again um because I lost they're, they're so immersed in these roles like I forgot like how their other characters were right yeah <laughs> I was like hmm should go take a look at that um yeah and everyone's it's just it's so good and I, what I really enjoy is that they've had a lot of fun playing with um, different accents and more or less just like really nailing those yeah 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 I, I wish i know that there's been there's been the background ghosts and we get some um illumination on the hows and whys and who uh those all are um i wanted that to be a little more central i mean yes we're we are getting central ghost cast that's what happened um but the the spooky tidbits in the back um they felt a little bit too like lightly sprinkled. Like I wanted them to have something stronger with them than what they were kind of doing in the end. But that just mm-hmm. me. Like they, they, uh, do, I they it, do reveals, uh, and you're going like, "Well, okay," but it didn't. What does that have to do with anything? I I found it to. We'll get into it as we we talk about episode eight. But I found yeah. it to be like a uh, a really interesting counter to the background ghosts in the in Hill House because um all the ghosts essentially in Hill House were antagonistic. Even the ones in the background, like the, the it's it's the it's the house trapping souls and corrupting them. Um. And so everything feels kind of sinister and antagonistic. And when we get into it, um, we discuss, well, I mean, I'm just going to say it now, but we'll discover that it's kind of like trapped souls in this one. So there's Mm -hmm. less of that need for them to reveal themselves to the living characters and more just, yep, we're here. We're just... Yeah, and it's, it's they can't, right? Like, yeah. They they don't have agency. Like they've lost far more than just like a sense of self. There's there's a lot more going on. They become concepts instead of identities, uh, and mm. that's the the 
core of what we'll dive into when we go like what are the ghosts here i mean that that's what we will discuss so uh we'll start off with episode seven we're finally here we're at two faces part two it just took a little while to get there <laughs> yeah it just took four episodes to get to the part two <laughs> <laughs> five hours later here it is yeah <laughs> so uh yeah cameron what, what give us like a short synopsis of what happened in this episode <clears throat> uh so we learn a bit more about ghost mechanics uh not the undead variants of people who practice engineering but the rules and uh regulations by which the spirits of blind man must abide um and uh, we have what what i think is probably the most disturbing central plot uh point of the entire show which is uh child body snatching by uh by way of ghost. Um, so this is really good. We ended up at the at the end of the previous episode with um, Danny seeing uh, Peter and Rebecca's ghost and the kids knocking her out with a croquet mallet. Yeah. Uh, and we continue more or less directly on from there with the with Miles, Flora, Rebecca, and Peter all discussing what comes next. Uh, with Danny tied up in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um this this one was uh really like disturbing and horrifying in a very different way to um our Hannah centric episode. Yeah. Which was it's its own kind of tragic, but this is just like God, it's it's uncomfortable <laughs> in like the best possible way. It um, it uh yeah. just uh just to try I I uh, I love <laughs> That so I love that Peter and Rebecca are just people like they're not mm. like semi transparent entities and they don't have screen faces and they're just like folks but they're ghosts mm. and they're just like yeah so you know we've been planning on doing this thing that'll ensure that we're together forever and and and. and Flora's just like, yeah, but what about Danny? Like, um, <laughs> he's really scared and, you know, reasonably so. Mm. Isn't there something that you could do? And they're like, I'll take care of it later. We can't, we can't, <laughs> we can't tuck her away like we do with you, but figure yeah. something out. And it's, it, it feels, it's like, it's, it's a hostage situation, but mm. but but two of the five characters are ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is it is absolutely the case of these children being horrifically taken advantage of by these ghosts. Um, because you know they they can possess the kids to a degree, but like if Danny was able to get loose, she could probably just hunt Miles and Flora and. Yeah get the hell out of there but the the issue here being that you know peter's and rebecca have convinced both the kids that this is the way we're going to do things don't worry about danny we're the adults we'll take care of it don't you remember us don't you trust us don't you love us et cetera, et cetera. it is Ugh. um but yeah but hey listen they're not doing this for the hell of it they're not awful terrible monsters they are desperate scared people uh because Turns out being a ghost in Bly Manor is really not good for one's spiritual health. Um, <laughs> we, 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 um, 
get a little explanation of how ghosts work. Um, first off, they touch a living person, they can possess them for a little bit, but if they are invited in, it appears that it can be like a sort of a permanent synthesis, symbiosis thing going on. Um, but the problem is if you're not doing that, you're just hanging around blind manner as a ghost, uh, time just kind of erodes you, which is represented by your face beginning to sort of melt away. Uh, and it does that mentally as well as like in your image. Uh, so we've seen, you know, the ghost of a little boy with no face, um, before, indicating sort of how that's an older ghost. Uh, and that is what Peter and Rebecca are really afraid of here and want to avoid is, you know, just being trapped here forever, slowly going more and more instinctual, crazy, you know, non, non-human. Um, yeah, uh, but there, there's a couple of things in the plan. Which first is the ghosts are also subject to being tucked away, but instead of uh, how it happens to kids here, which is when they're possessed, they get sent into memory. Instead, just every now and again, someone who is a ghost will find themselves distracted and get pulled into a memory, much like Hannah was. Um, and this is where we get the introduction of the memory Peter keeps getting pulled back to, uh, and oof, um, I'm not envious of his family history. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he, he hears this sort of incessant knocking on the door, and he has to go open it, and then suddenly he's back in his apartment, uh, living, his, living his normal life as a valet, was he? Valet? Butler? Assistant. He's, he's not a even though, that, <laughs> even though even though he is actually referenced as a valet in episode eight, <laughs> which I think is like, oh wow, way to throw Peter's job completely under the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the memory he keeps getting drawn back to is his mother finding him. Yeah, uh, which is terrible from his point of view. Um, we already knew he didn't have like a happy family history. Uh, we knew he particularly did not have a good history with his father. Um, uh, his mum's out of rehab therapy? Something like that? I think it might... I think the implication is that it was rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she She's managed to find him and is essentially blackmailing him to give her a place to stay and some money. Yes. Hi. Quote unquote tied herself over so she can get herself settled up, but given, uh, given his reaction, it's probably not going to be such a temporary situation. Um, no, because she's just going to keep, like, holding stuff over his head, and then she mm. she was goaded into doing that by his dad, so there's a lot yeah. of terrible things going on. And, I'll, I mean, that just really puts his situation into a, a very particular perspective because he's the things he did well some of the things he does definitely uh, that that's all him but uh, (laughs) I think the initial uh, theft that he's doing Mm. was that that's impetus caused by his mother um, putting his situation into a a tenuous thing because she's threatening to divulge records and whatever like that doesn't seem it's yeah. like whatever that doesn't sound didn't sound all that crazy but um 
it's enough to like get him to go along with whatever her plan is. And I think in, in, in initially. Yeah. Because what he turns that into is like, okay, I, I just need to like get away from all of this and mm, I'm already yeah. taking something. So I might as well just like to take advantage of that and make a new life for myself somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that that doesn't feel like because initially his character just seemed like smarmy and he's doing all of this he's getting into the um the wind graves all his good graces just to do the theft but that that does not feel the case it feels like he was earnestly like i have a real job i've changed i've kind of started to try to change my station in life um, i'm making something of myself uh, i'm comfortable yeah. with this and then now my manipulative mother and father came back into the picture and i just i don't want that they're they ruined what i'm building for myself and now i have to go yeah yeah but i'm yeah, gonna steal exactly. it so i guess i'll just you know be rich while i'm doing it yeah um yeah and i do want to point out that with his mother's reappearance there is uh it brings to light um a lie told earlier from when uh peter gave miles uh his Zippo lighter because he said it was his father's and that his father was dead. Mm, so, yeah. And that goes back to the having to find your key because then that's what establishes his rapport with Miles because as we all know, Miles is also a young boy who has lost his father. Um, mm, and yeah. So that all ties in together. Like, Yeah, I did not notice that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um but yeah, so uh he's he's not he's he's a terrible person but not without some form of reason and motivation at the very least. Um but he continues to be terrible. Um, I I I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they they took the time um to explain why he is an awful person person mm-hmm. but not justify it like yeah. it, it, it's yeah. never framed as and this is justification for how he is it is and now you know how he got to this place it's 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 just a compiling of of tragedy on top of one one another which is really the central theme of this entire series um mm. in particular which is the tragedy brought on by other tragedies when you can't, when you're unable to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, he continues to cause tragedy even after his death. Um, so we also get a flashback to when, uh, shortly after his disappearance, uh, Rebecca ran into him in the house and is actually able to see him as a ghost. Uh, and they start sort of, you know, um, Rebuilding their relationship, I guess, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, he eventually, you know, he learns that, you know, you possess people, that kind of thing, and gets the idea of, if Rebecca invites me in, she'll be tucked away in the memories of us together, and I'll be with her there. And so that's all good. Win-win. 100%. And so they work on it a bit. Um, they do some other experiments, like attempting to possess, uh, Rebecca then leaves 
Bly Manor, which just results in a forcible separation because he's not allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. For reasons we'll find out in episode eight. Um, and eventually they, they make the big commitment, as it were, um, and Rebecca invites him in permanently. Uh, and while she is tucked away in the memory of them together, he finds himself trapped and alone in her body. And being a terrible, awful thing, awful creature prone to uh, rash impulses that he is, um, decides that this is unlivable and drowns himself by, which I mean, he drowns Rebecca's body. Yep. Also dooming her to become a ghost. And that's, uh, that's why Rebecca committed suicide. She was actually doing really well right before that until, um, Peter Quint decided that, uh, he couldn't bear to live without her and they clearly went together like this, so he'd just make her a ghost. Cause she'd be fine with that, clearly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, and man, the, the, um, the sequence of Rebecca drowning and mm. and Rebecca yeah. realizing what's happening in the memory because the room begins to flood with water from the top down, um, which is a fantastic effect and legitimately horrifying, like a legitimately <laughs> horrifying situation to like just imagine. And yeah, it's it's bad. And then, yeah. like, he tries to, like, half-heartedly apologize for it <laughs> during a recreation of the, um, fur romance sequence. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, give me also, like, the context of, like, okay, so you're both ghosts and you have to play this out again forever, like, mm. when you find yourself here, but you're both also cognizant of, like yeah oh it's it's real weird and unpleasant and then the cherry on top is he shows her the polaroid and they're just corpses and i'm like yeah there we go yep yep it's uh it's really bad (laughs) it's a terrible tragic story oh i I know i know it's I know it's it's not it's it's never pl- it's not never played for laughs, but I can't help but like get a real weird perverse chuckle because Peter does like show Rebecca what what will happen. He's like he's going to show Rebecca and the kids what will happen, and he just kind of picks up the ghost that's in the attic <clears throat> who has yeah. no face. And he's like, do you, is this what you want? Do you want to be this? And then like, just drops her. And I'm mm. like, that, that, I'm like, man, that looks like, that feels like a, a bit from Beetlejuice. Like, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it really does. Like, I know it's not played for comedy, but there's something about like, just the, the entire, because it's really kind of like, bizarrely absurdist because, you know, ghost stuff is always so kind of proper and like sad and melancholy or horrific. And this is just like, see, you want to become like a big, dumb, faceless puppet like this. And then just like a sack of potatoes, <laughs> just drop it. And I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's always like, like I said, it always feels mm. like something out of Beetlejuice when I see something like that. I'm like, ah, that's not funny, but it kind of is. 
also uh, get so yeah. in context in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that's he's um, which is weird because he also kind of implies that he's like traveled to the future and seen their fates too. Like mm. it, it, the, the 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 time in in Bly is is weird, especially with the. Uh, tucking, being tucked away in your own ghost memories aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. I, I, that adds so much to the tragedy um, of these ghosts because they they have zero agency. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. already dead. Uh, and you just randomly bounce around in your own timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it, it it's it's um I say randomly bounce around, but they are key to like strong memories. So yeah. it feels like as you degrade, you're going to be um you're conf- you're going to be confined to like smaller and smaller spaces mm-hmm. because you, yeah. you're losing your memories and losing your sense of self. So you're going to be put into like whatever the largest memory you had i think that's all you get left yeah yeah and until you have nothing and then you're just left where you died probably mm-hmm. like like that's probably i feel like that's the ultimate fate is you're tied to wherever your your body is because that's mm-hmm. that will be the, the the strongest thing you have if you're dead you're death yeah which is what we see with the ghost in the attic yeah, yeah, it never leaves there. Huh? Yeah. yeah, it's um pretty crazy. And so yeah, to avoid this, uh you know, Rebecca are gonna hijack the two kids and who in exchange are getting out of it that they get to spend eternity uh living in the memories in which their parents are still there. They get to spend forever with their mum and dad. Um, which I can see why that would be very appealing to them. Yeah, it's a little it's a little weird because we don't um it doesn't get into what happens when you fully like merge with somebody. You just get like the partial possessions, which we know doesn't let you get out of lie. Hmm. So where is he coming up with the idea that they get the kids and then they can just go? Is what yeah. I think he thinks is the plan? But I don't know that he... They're just flying by the seat of their pants. They're just making something up. Because yeah, I think he tells him, he's like, uh, yeah, we're just going to try something. Yeah. It might work out. I don't have a... Like, I have the idea of what, what we're trying to do. But if it's going to work, I don't know. Uh, and by yeah. the way, now I've killed you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I guess the idea is that even if they don't end up being able to lose fly, they will at least be alive in human bodies and not degrading terribly over time. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that, that, may, that may be it. I, it's still very, it's a very nebulous plan. Yeah. You know, you got to work with what you got when you're trapped in a terrible Victorian manner. Yeah, and you can't like um, there. You're making plans, but you can't even bet on where you're gonna be at in like the next minute. Yeah, 
or when like they're just reappearing all over the the timeline um and then trying to just trying to keep yourself together with that and they've been doing this for two years is pretty impressive like that 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 they are mm-hmm. this lucid mm-hmm. because yeah. hannah's only been de- a very short while a few months and i mean she's kept herself together but it's very specific circumstance like that's just her and that's yeah, not that's 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 not what anyone else is going to expect to be. She's she's so firm in her sense of self um, that it's keeping her together longer. But that's that's never going to be like that's also the most unfortunate thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like um, how how I, that, long does that last? You know, probably not long. And um, not long now that, because. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I did want to point out something so I I I I watch the opening every single time that I watch an episode because I mentioned it before. I think that opening is really fantastic and evocative. And the thing that I noticed uh watching the opening this time is that out of all the portraits, Hannah's is the one that degrades the slowest. Uh during the opening sequence. And I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of a cute little nod to like the fact that she just kind of through sheer force of will and, and routine keep herself, uh, together. But as yeah. Dave mentioned, that that's not the case for much longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, despite Danny's best efforts uh, tied up and gang screaming in the corner. Uh, they form the ancient ritual of it's me, it's you, it's us. Um, and in a flash, it is done. The possessions to children are complete. Yep. Yep. Pretty simple. Uh, except Hannah Gross is coming knocking, looking for the kids. Uh, and so Peter uh, in Miles' body, walks over and is like, you know, I'll take care of this. Looks over at Rebecca in Flora's body and says, you take care of her, gesturing at Danny, who goes off, sort of charms Hannah away, uh, leaving uh, Rebecca to presumably just get rid of Danny. She, you know, she knows <laughs> it's, what, it's, it's very heavily implied. Right. <laughs> Which, like, you th- you think about that as like, okay, you're getting rid of you're you're potentially getting rid of uh, a a trouble a troublesome thing, like Danny mm. uh, in interfering here. Uh, you're in a place that people immediately become ghosts, and she's <laughs> you've actually made her you've made her more powerful. Um, yes. she will be in a position to like completely interfere with anything you're doing. Yeah, I mean, she can yeah. now like possess you like that. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a well thought out um idea there. Uh, how many how many layers deep can we get this ghost lasagna? Oh man, could you imagine <laughs> if, if if they had if they had then killed Danny and then Danny like possessed Miles. And then Danny and Peter were having fist fights through Miles' <laughs> memories. Like that, that would be really been cool, uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Goception. Oh. 
I'm just imagining like a ghost car where they load up all the ghosts into one random person they brought to fly and try and drive them out the front door, see if they can all get out. Like it's it's just it's verging on comedy at that point. Like you've just oh yeah changed that genres. <laughs> it's like oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's like High Spirits or uh, Gene Wilder. I, think. I don't remember who was in that. Because because I immediately like keyed in on like as soon as I suggested that I immediately keyed in on like oh man and then like it, it the fight ends with with Danny and Peter in the car and Danny kicks Peter out of the car and the truck hits him. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> uh, oh. This is this is uh, see see I I don't have any tact or skill uh, mo- uh, sometimes. So sometimes I I would give over into my tackier base instincts, like having a memory ghost fight through traumatic experience. <laughs> uh. they're, they're literally battling their trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that's Peter, what could have happened. Uh, that's not what happens. <laughs> yeah. No. Unfortunately. That would have been hilarious. Um, yeah, Peter, Peter Slash Miles, um, sort of lures Hannah down back outside to the well, um, because he is, quite frankly, sick of her just sticking around. Um, I really love that he's, I really love that he's like, it's, it's, it is actually kind of remarkable, like you conjuring earrings and clothes for yourself every day. I'm like, yeah, that is actually kind of remarkable that she, she is so keyed into the fact that she isn't dead, that she is just magically creating outfits for herself every single day. Yeah. And and not knowing she's doing it is like yeah, even exactly. more impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, he he's he's um he's sick and tired of this existence and wants to just accept what's happened and forces her to look down into the well. Um where, you know, her body still is because it's been it's it's, a while. it's relatively fresh. Relatively yeah. fresh. Little dance, but it's not an active player, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it sends her into a bit of shock. Um, from this point on, she doesn't, uh, appear actively, really, to people who are alive, except in like short bursts, as mm-hmm. opposed to the series thus far, where she's been an active part of everyday life for everyone as a manner. Yeah. Uh, so she, she's sort of being forced into that more um, secluded existence that the other ghosts have where, you know, they can be seen by people who are particularly close to them or if they are particularly uh, close to another person and someone else walks in, like where there's Danny walking on Rebecca and Flora. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a big change for her. Um, I'm very sad about it. She's, she's forced to accept her death. Um, and she, and she's stuck, her, like... Her accepting it to the dream Owen it's not even the real one so it's like even worse yeah 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 it's pretty rough um but back up in the attic of the manor Rebecca and Flora have pulled a quick double switch um on Peter because of course Rebecca wasn't going to go along with everything Peter said after he murdered her (laughs) good lord man I know (laughs) I know you two 
had a thing, but you did literally kill her. And then just, like, completely trust her to go along with exactly what you said after that. Um, yeah, uh, they did not actually, uh, have to have full, full acceptance within their hearts for whatever the particular requirement is to make a, the, the session not permanent. Just think of us. Uh, yeah. Think of us, but we're not actually us. for just five minutes until Miles is me. Yeah, that's me again. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, explain that. No, he's crazy. Of course he's crazy. Get out of here. Um, and Flora unties Danny, who, of course, being the responsible adult, grabs Flora and tries to run out of the manor with her. Because rescue a child from this terrible place, please. God, it's awful here. Um, but Flora does not want to go. She's kicking and yelling and screaming about it. Uh, at which point, you know, she gets out of Danny's grip, tries running back to his house. Uh, Danny goes for her, uh, and finds herself very unfortunately directly in the path of the Lady of the Lake. <laughs> yep. Just the most unfortunate possible timing. Uh, it's one of those couple nights, uh, a month where she's up and active. And yeah, just, just grabs Danny by the throat and begins dragging her towards the manor. That's, uh, it, that's, and that's the episode. episode. Yes. And episode. It's a good cliffhanger. Especially when we, we, we specifically saw how that turned out last time. Yep. Mm. Yeah, not well. No. Because you don't, you, you mean, you're not in a position, you don't get to fight back. She's literally just choking the life out of you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Too strong. Ghost hands. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Well, that brings us to episode eight, The Romance of Certain Old Clothes, which is, according to the Wikipedia article, um, a, based on another um, another short story, whereas the, 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 the entirety um, of Haunting of Bly Manor is uh, an adaptation of the turn, turn of the Screw. Um, this one is a, well, it's a literal adaptation of The Romance of Certain Old Clothes, another short um, <laughs> tale that they just plugged um in almost wholesale um into into this and managed to fit it in because what they've been doing was weaving in the tail of that um throughout the the rest of the um that's that's a neat way you could have they're stitching in another tail but they've been doing it the whole time so you don't like realize it yeah Yeah. it doesn't feel out of place at all no no they did a really good job um putting it into there Mm. yeah and it's a nice, it's a nice transition from the previous seven episodes because we're suddenly, uh, cast out from, you know, uh, sort of 80s horror ghost tension films into a period piece. Yes. One. <laughs> Shot entirely in black and white, which is awesome, super fun. Yeah. That was such a good episode. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hey, those portraits, those portraits that you'd notice like once in the first episode and then never mm-hmm. had attention drawn to them again. Surprise, you get an entire episode about it. <laughs> they are yeah. center stage. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the, the, the manor is very clearly terribly cursed. And what better, what better place in the series to explain the terrible curse than in the second to last episode? You know, yes. it's about time. <laughs> gotta find out where the the grudge started from mm, yeah 
right. Yes. Yeah. So back in the uh, back in the 1600s, right? I think it was this. I don't know, and it doesn't say in the synopsis because I, I think I remember, remember like it starts it with said. Like, like back in the the start of the 17th century, I think is okay. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's 17th or 18th <laughs> century is what it was saying, and hmm. there is there is a plague going around so it's got to be earlier like yeah. earlier but not not uh, it's not not recent not recent years no. <laughs> yeah uh yeah so so teleport to the distant past of Bly manor uh where lord willoughby died unfortunately terrible uh and even more terribly leaving his two adult daughters and orphans Awful. Well, there is no male heir. The estate shall be taken from them. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, they, they cannot. Yeah. They cannot competently hold the um, estate of being women. No, so, really not. So much. Uh, but sure, yeah, we get introduced. Yeah. To, we get introduced to Viola and Perdita. Perdita. Anyone else you pronounce it throughout the episode? Uh, the two sisters. Viola is the older one. Perdita is the younger one. And yeah, when their father dies, uh, they know that the world as it is at the time is not really a place for women to hold or inherit power. Uh, and so they very quickly string along a distant cousin. And, uh, <laughs> essentially, they don't really seduce him as such because, like, you know, it, it's laid out as like, it's clearly a marriage of convenience where, you know, he gets to buy into the estate essentially through the marriage and they get to maintain control of the family finance yes. and fortune. But like there's a little there's a potential blossoming there between both sisters and him. Uh, and he ends up marrying marrying Viola, uh, because she has to be in control. Um <laughs> she she's the one who's driving this big uh big push towards maintaining their family fortune for themselves, basically. <laughs> Uh, because she's one of those one of those uh, extremely strong-willed people who never <laughs> gives up and, <laughs> and refuses refuses to be pushed down by anything at all, even if it is apparently the will of God. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I I really like that aspect of like no, 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 today. <laughs> um, I, I, I just find, like, there's so many, there's so many, like, horror and ghost themed things, like, that get produced nowadays where it's like, we've got to establish the rules. Even if the rules are silly and, and don't make any sense and could be counteracted by simple logic. No, you just make it simple, like, yeah, no, I'm not, you're just not gonna die and go tell God that I'm not gonna die. And, yeah. and, and so she <laughs> never died. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Viola has a daughter, Isabel, and then falls ill with a terrible lung disease, which my best guess is going to be tuberculosis. Yeah. That, that she managed to stave off for time. like five years. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she was in, she was 
getting pretty ill after a few months, and they brought a priest in for her final rites. And halfway through, she just stops and says, no, <laughs> tell God I'm not coming. <laughs> I, I, I also really appreciate the fact that, like, um, so, you know, the, it's, it's a period piece, and there's costuming and makeup and all that, and they do a really good job at making mm. this woman look super sick. Because she looked, you know, looked fantastic earlier when she was nice and healthy, but she looked sick and, and also just like, but no. Yeah, I feel like crap, but nah. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they also give her the wheeze, which I'm just like, ah, oh, man, that's the worst. The, the TV mm -hmm. wheeze is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the spirit flashback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Despite having an awful fatal disease, uh, she yeah just kind of persists on for several years. Uh, during which time she becomes increasingly bitter and resentful and angry because tuberculosis is a terrible communicative disease, and with a young daughter, you should not be spending time with any of the other members of the family. Yeah, because you know you'll kill all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> not not any parallels to draw to the modern day, I swear. Um. Uh, but, you know, she, she really gets, uh, she, she's an outcast within her own house and family, basically. At this point, you know, she shows up every now and then to yell at her sister and beat her around and try and dote on her daughter who she's not allowed to actually touch. Um, and just kind of madly wanders the house looking for her daughter because that's all she's able to do at this point. You know, she, she's alive, but not, not much more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and there's also yeah. a, a blossoming romance between uh, Purgata and 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 her and Viola's husband because you know people. Yeah, because humans and you know living in the same house together for several years where you're not actually allowed to hold your wife because again, it will kill you to do so. Yeah, um, and I, I think a lot of yeah. that relationship is it's already it's not out of the blue. It's no. it's not a cool one. Um but uh with when Lloyd first arrived, he was kind of already um forging something with Perdita. It was only for an hour or two that they that were just in their company, but they were getting along you know, um splendidly. <laughs> uh and then of course, um, Viola like staged her own entrance to showcase herself mm. best. Um, yeah. So th it's not like it's unprecedented, and stuff was happening like as she was getting sick. She's like picking up on the subtle cues between the two um, that they're they're being something's going on behind her back. Um, maybe not yeah. physically, but the the thoughts are there. Right. Mm, yeah. Which of course is just going to feed into her being more and more upset because yeah, that's not oh, absolutely not great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she she's not entirely um unreasonable at this point because she's also thinking about her daughter's future. Um, now Viola, in addition to being a very stubborn, hard-willed person, was also I don't want to say like vain necessarily, but like very into passion. I guess is a better way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. And so has this vast, incredibly expensive 
collection of clothing and jewelry, uh, which she's never going to wear again. Practically, she she is, you know, in a nightgown at all times because she's constantly coughing up blood and fainting all over the place. Uh, and so she gets a big, fancy wooden chest and fills it to the brim with these rare silks and fabrics and these precious gemstones and pieces of jewelry, and locks it shut. Locks it three times with these three locks across the front, and makes her husband Arthur swear that it will never be opened until their daughter comes of age and it's given to her as an inheritance, essentially. Uh, which you know he takes seriously. He promises that you know he writes a little note on an envelope and seals away the key within it. Um, <clears throat> and shortly thereafter, Perdita has had enough. It's been years of uh, physical and mental abuse from her, her rapidly deteriorating sister. Um, and, you know, you can say, I'm not going to leave as much as you want, but eventually someone's going to get tired of you and smother you with a pillow. Um, <laughs> and in this case, it just happened to be Perdita, who, you know, between stuff going on with Viola's husband and Viola not being particularly nice to Perdita in any regards at this point, and Perdita uh, wanting to be more active in, like, you know, managing the family, et cetera, et cetera. She's had enough. Uh, she thinks Viola has suffered enough, which, you know, fair interpretation. Um, and so she, quote unquote, puts her out of her misery, and in doing so, creates a terrible curse. Um, I really liked this the this entire sequence because uh it it this this episode is is being heavily narrated um mm. by by our ghostly storyteller at the uh at the uh dinner wedding. yes wedding at rehearsal. the okay. yes wedding rehearsal um and it, she says uh the word that came to her was mercy but that word was a lie the real world word was enough and it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. wow just uh that that's that's just a twist the knife on, in on that one like yeah mm. yeah you can lie to yourself and say no this is mercy but it's just i'm tired yeah enough. yeah absolutely yeah enough. well she she was um when it's talking about um Viola and Perdita in the beginning of this episode and showing like um their sisterly bond uh it was never as equals mm, Viola yeah. has a far more vested interest in in control of this manner yeah and she outright writes her own sister kind of out of the picture to, like not to her face but it ended up being to her face because she's talking to her daughter <laughs> and just telling her that you know the world is her oyster and she'll have she, she'll be taught all she needs to do to be not only self-sufficient but like above everyone and kind of uh be lord or you know late lady of the manor and pretty is just in the corner going like i so i get nothing i'm just basically window dressing here mm -hmm. Like she's yeah. just ignored, yeah. In, yeah. in favor of in favor of what the daughter represents, which was out of an arranged, like originally loveless marriage. It's all very like 
I mean, yes, everything has been tragic, but this is, it's the little, it's like the death of a thousand cuts for mm-hmm. all of these people. Like right. so much mm-hmm. is just going wrong, 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 wrong. That when they find little bits of happiness, it's always in like the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Like they're just trying to grab for something. Um, and, and that's yeah. one of the ultimate tragedies. And then the other is, of course, um, Viola's just force of nature spirit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. her just at her adamant <laughs> refusal to bow to anything. Yeah. Like nothing will stop her. And then it's the worst because this ultimately could have been perfect. Well, uh, yes, Pragita, that part, not so good. But um, had things gone according to like her dream of it, uh, mm. the, the the curse aspect would have never been there. Yes, yeah, like yeah. It, it's it's a self fulfilling kind of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, when she's dead, uh, she refuses to leave still, and so instead of going on to any particular afterlife, uh, Viola Spirit just kind of sits in that trunk full of lace and silk and gold and silver and rubies, etc. Uh, sort of happily waiting for the day that her daughter will open the box and she'll see her again. Because uh, she knows her husband will hold to his word. She knows that much of him, at least. Um, so she's just waiting really patiently for that. And meanwhile, her daughter and Arthur have ended up getting married uh, about six months after Viola's death. <laughs> uh, and over the years, uh, as Viola waits, uh, Arthur is very clearly not a businessman uh, at nope. heart. Viola did a really good job with family finances, and ever since she went, uh, they have just been consistently dwindling and draining away. Um, and Perdita knows they're sitting on a literal treasure trove of instant wealth in the terms of uh, Isabel's inheritance, and is constantly pushing and prodding her husband about it. Uh, and to his credit, he constantly refuses. He does not back down from that point. He's like, no, I made a promise to Viola. I'm not going to break it. He's a very smart character, you see. Um, <laughs> and so instead, Perdita steals the key, and Viola sits in the box and hears someone coming to unlock it, and hears Perdita's voice and is mightily displeased. Uh, and so when Perdita lifts the dress out to have a look at it and sort of ghost fitted against herself, uh, two arms shoot out from the sleeves and strangle her to death. And it's great. And it's great. It's some good, it's some good horror movie. It, 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 like, it's, Mm -hmm. it, it is a jump scare. Oh, yeah. And it's, and, and I think it's considering, like, the, the tact and skill that this the the show has presented with it, its unsettling scares like mm-hmm. this, and given the type of like gothic horror story that this particular episode is, like this is a completely earned like big dumb jump scare that absolutely mm-hmm. works for me, um, yeah. especially because we get because as you you've been talking about it, um. The, the perspectives aren't presented, uh, exactly how you've, you've told them. So we get an entire sequence about Viola's ghost waiting for it. And there's like 
man, the the shot of her holding the dress and the door opening and it being turned yeah. up and that yeah. face that like, oh, you, you, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, yeah. this is good. Um, especially yeah. when they show it from her perspective and she's just mm-hmm. in the trunk in the dress, just choking her. Yeah, God, it's really good. <laughs> Yeah, you, it's it's so good. You get like three different variants of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you also get the um, you also we also get a really kind of fantastic um, uh, very like uh early mid nineties uh J horror adaptation like uh dead body scare like i was looking at pergina's body and like the look on her face she looks like oh. she out of the ring <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> she she looks like she died of fright rather than you know the terrible strangulation which is evident on her neck yeah but like, i'm just like i'm yeah. just like oh man <laughs> look at that j horror ghost that j horror <laughs> dead body right there i was also really like surprised by that because that's also probably like the most arguably the most gruesome looking dead body in the entire uh in mm. this entire series yeah. um so, yeah. so it's 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 really interesting how they take this like um the gothic uh, uh gothic horror episode to do all of these like things that don't wouldn't really work in the main story um, mm. it's, it's, it's a, it's a really good decision. It's actually one of the reasons why I really like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you think this is the source of the curse, it's still not technically. Nope. Nope. Um, cause it's not tragic enough yet. So Viola's ghost is loose, but she's exacted her revenge. She's pretty sure Perdita stole the key. So of course she wouldn't bring any more harm to her beloved family, you know, her now ex-husband and her daughter and all that but Arthur comes up to the attic sees the chest open as he's heard it as you described Leonard looking like she came out of the ring <laughs> and again one of the smartest characters in the series sees that and goes cool that chest is cursed we're <laughs> leaving the house throw that shit in the lake we're never coming back here <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and yeah so this is where the curse comes in because you know Viola's still waiting for her daughter to come see what's up with what's up with her inheritance, and instead gets thrown in the lake. Which again, super disturbing because we get this shot from her, her perspective inside the chest, where much like with uh, Rebecca's in memory drowning, this this small room just begins to fill with water, which is always highly uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and th- this is the curse aspect because down under the water, she's trapped there more or less. Uh, she begins to forget herself somewhat and only emerges every now and again. She, she sort of becomes trapped in a, in a series of sleeping and waking moments uh, as a ghost. And then throughout the ages, begins adding to the population because um, we've had lots of characters throughout the series so far talk about the, the pool of fly, how fly is a black hole or a fly trap uh, instead of fly paper that kind of stuff, and in this scenario, it talks about quite literally the gravity of Perdita's will is just trapping any other random spirits that die on the grounds of Fly Manor and forcing them to stay 
because she she is so unwilling to move on that she is accidentally preventing dozens of other spirits from moving on as well. Uh, and it gets really bad because sometime later, uh, several years later, Blind Manor is used as an emergency hospital during a plague outbreak. Mm-hmm. And so there are many, many ghosts from that, in addition to Viola's ghost trolling around, occasionally grabbing and killing people. Uh, this is where the plague doctor comes from. This is his origin. Uh, he was also the doctor who uh, pronounced that Viola had you know, tuberculosis. She didn't have the plague, but she was going to die. And then, you know, years later, he's back at Bly Manor looking after plague victims and just happens to be standing in the wrong spot as she patrols around looking for her daughter. She grabs him. She kills him. Uh, she also picks up a young child who is in the bed where her daughter should have been. It's like, yeah, I think this is my kid because she eroded away after being in the lake for so long and uh, takes that kid and walks off with him, walks him down into the lake and drowns him. Again, at this point, she's uh, she's eroded pretty well, pretty much. Um, as as we talked about with Hannah, Hannah is holding it together a lot longer than most, as are Peter and Rebecca. Um, at this point, Violet is more a, a half faded memory and some really important urges. Like she knows she's looking for a child. She knows other people in the way are just a problem. She needs to get rid of them. They're not important. <laughs> and that's about it. Yep. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and just over the years, some people get grabbed by her. Other people are just, you know, people unfortunate enough to have died on the ground. And slowly but surely, the ghost population of Fly fills up, uh, including the ghost in the attic uh, that Peter Quint so comically picked up and threw away. Uh, that's Perda's ghost. She's been trapped up there ever since. Yeah, uh, yeah, this, this is our curse, basically. It's such a good episode. Like, it's, it's nothing good. but, it's, it's nothing but <laughs> background. It's, 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 it's exposition on, and this is what caused the problem, but it's executed mm. in such a great way. Yeah. Yeah, if anything's going to be, like, this is the best usage of a flashback mm. that I've seen <laughs> in, in a while. Mm-hmm. The show, I mean, it, Get a whole the, the, the entire show um, being what it is and trafficking in, like, memory and loss and just those flashbacks, they're just really good with using the past to inform, like, the present. Mm-hmm. And and, and, and what, what that means, because all of these things stem from somewhere, and we find out like what that is. But it's something that you, uh, even if you know about it, you can do zero about it. Like there's yeah. nothing you can do to make this not happen, except for like yeah. what they kind of tried to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This curse is a permanent issue that will not be solved no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I, I really appreciate the fact that they were like, they had the, that, that they were courageous enough to do it in an episode. Uh, because mm. I think back on things like this and I'm like, ah, oh, man, 
Yeah, I think like in a lesser show, they would have sprinkled these flashbacks in throughout the entire series. And yeah. I don't think that they would have worked as well. No, as definitely. That, that way. No, with, with something this long, you're not going to remember them. Um, what, what they did of like doing these hints, these threads of narrative, little glimpses of ghosts that have a meaning, but you're devoid of context. And then at the end, kind of going, here's the the key to the crossword puzzle that you've been mm-hmm. kind of looking at. Uh, mm. So you're welcome. And now go back and watch everything again. And now you actually have... They, they, I feel like they did that with um, Haunting of Hill House 2, uh, where did. you you need to watch it again to get the full like scope of what everything is. Yeah. And that one in particular was far more dense with like personal tragedy and like what's happening with all these kids. Uh, mm-hmm. And because the nature of that dealing with them as kids and then as adults um, and trying to fit all that in for that many different people and still give everyone their like chance to shine. Uh, the the formatting changing a little bit up for this one is kind of appreciated. Like I like what this does and doing an admirable job of like playing its hand at the very end, even though they've been like teasing it the whole time. Yeah. Excellent. Well, with that, we will move on to the final, uh, very, very good concluding episode of the Haunting of Sly Manor, episode 9, The Beast in the Jungle. All right, Leonard, let us know what happens in this episode. All right. So, uh, the last two episodes have had the same exact ending, which is Danny getting grabbed by the throat by the ghost. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, we, oh, well, we don't start off on that, but we start off on Hannah Gross, uh, reciting her little mantra, although it's changed. Uh, my name is Hannah Gross. It's, I'm at Bly. It's 1987. Peter's dead. Rebecca's dead. Charlotte and, uh, oh, I don't remember. Dominic. Dominic are dead. I'm dead. Uh, she is back in the kitchen during the Owen interview. Uh, uh, she confesses her love to her memory Owen, and her memory Owen informs her that she has to go back, that, uh, that Hannah Gross could never be so selfish as to hide herself away in a dream. She needs to go back because she needs to save him, if, and if she doesn't, something terrible will happen. Um, so Hana willingly leaves the memory, which once again shows, uh, Hana's fortitude, um, mm. because not only has she, was she tucked away, she was able to, 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 uh, deal with her situation, like rationalize, come to, come to an acceptance of her death, and is actually actively able to leave her memories. Uh, when there's something important enough to do. Uh, which she does, and she appears at the door to Bly and attempts to, to block Viola's, uh, entrance into the house, only for Viola to, um, 
walk right through her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, because you can't, you can't, you can't stand up to the Ur ghost if you're just a, a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, Viola, uh, drags, uh, Danny into the, uh, forbidden wing. Only mm-hmm. to have Flora jump on the bed and demand that uh she <coughs> excuse me that she release her and that Flora will go with her if if she does. Uh and Viola uh releases Danny and pick up picks up Flora and heads out of the house towards the lake. Uh uh, oh, I'm I'm not going to I I I'm just going to refer to him as Piles uh, for <laughs> moving forward. Uh, Piles uh, is very upset with very cross with Rebecca for not possessing that child while while she, while she had the chance, um, and it, and literally says, "I gave you your free freedom, and now you're letting it drown," which is the <laughs> coldest thing uh, Peter's done so far. Uh, let's yeah. see. Owen and Jamie arrive, uh, because they both had bad dreams. Yeah, and both had a terrible dream that they needed to be there. Yes. Uh, Hannah, uh, Nightcrawlers into existence and tells them that they need to head towards the lake. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then disappears again. Uh, oh, Henry shows up. Yes. First, even. Oh, does he show? Oh, he does show up first. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and but is that Henry's car? Um, That's right. Henry, Henry made it. He defeated his own personal demon uh, and has now made it to Blythe just in time to see his actual daughter, Laura, getting dragged off by a terrible ghost. And so he runs after the saver and is immediately grabbed by the throat and killed. Of course he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Go on, Kevin. Uh, yeah, uh, but fortunately for Henry, Owen and Jamie are both there. <laughs> and so as they run down towards the lake, as per Hannah's instructions, they find Henry's body. They see the lady in the lake walking slowly into the lake with Flora in hand. Uh, and Danny comes stumbling through. Yeah. She made it all the way back out here despite being nearly dead, good on her, um, and is sort of desperately pursuing Viola and Flora into the water. Uh, and in a last act of desperation, not even knowing why she really says, it's me, it's you, it's us. Uh, but she's speaking to Viola in particular uh, and invites her in. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. But before that, uh, Miss Jessel in tries to do the only possible comforting thing that she can, and she tucks Flora away one last time. Um, yeah. I think this is interesting because I think she gets it right this time, uh, because Flora is in fact the right age. They used a little de-aging tech on a child, which is crazy to me, but whatever. It uh it makes the scene work. Uh Flora is in fact the right age. She's tucked away, uh, because, you know, Rebecca knows that she can't beat the Ergo. She saw what happened to Hannah. 
Uh, yes. but yes, Danny, Danny invites Viola in and they, uh, they fusion dance and, <laughs> and, uh, and we get Diola. Uh, yeah. Come on, Diola. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is interesting because Danny doesn't get tucked away because at this point, Viola is literally a single instinct of action, which is to walk around looking for a child. Yeah. Thus, isn't really in any shape to control an actual body. And so instead, Viola has been tucked away deep, deep inside Danny's mind somewhere. Um, and very fortunately, the day is saved. Um, Henry and, uh, and Hannah have a short conversation. Um, by the this, you know, uh, they're both just standing there watching Owen perform CPR on Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hannah asks him to, you know, tell Owen, et cetera, et cetera, that I love him, you know, all the, all the usual logical thing. And halfway through a statement, disappears, CPR is successful, and Henry tucks back into his body. Um, and interestingly enough, when Viola, uh, inhabits Danny, the curse is more or less lifted, because uh, Viola is not around anymore. Right. So all spirits are free to apply terrible, awful gravity. Uh, yeah, we, we, we saved the day. We solved the curse. Peter kind of, no like, half-heartedly apologizes to Miles before he disappears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. Just, Sorry, um, I made you do murder. Yeah. <laughs> Tried to make you do it twice, but that's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, pretty rough. Um, but, yeah, uh, we, we start getting sort of the wrapping up stuff, which is really interesting because we're less than 20 minutes into the episode. At this point. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we, we get stuff, you know, like the police are called and they found Hannah's body in a well and we get scene of Owen and Jamie finding the body. Yeah, so that, that's what, um, Hannah asked Henry to tell Owen was tell Owen to look in the well and that I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and again, Owen's actor throughout this entire series has been phenomenal and he just, again, throws out a park. Terrible, it's awful, I cried. Um, you know, and the, uh, the narrator calmly speaking alongside saying, you know, he followed her all the big morgue, uh, he did all the cleaning up for the funeral himself, literally, like, literally didn't leave Hannah's body until it was buried. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's that really, really sad, tragic end to a potential love story. Which we always knew was going to happen ever since we figured out Hannah was dead. But man, yeah, it, 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 it's um, I the the Owen uh, Hannah romance death sadness is is uh, particularly strong because um because it it is ultimately so pointless and because um as as mentioned. Earlier in pre in a in the pre in a previous episode, um, if 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 the timing hadn't been so specific, 
there is a distinct possibility that it would have never happened. It's it's yeah. it's it 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 feels it it works narratively because mm-hmm. it feels so unfair. It just feels it feels pointless. It's it's yeah. It's once again, yeah. it's super tragic. It's mm-hmm. in a, in a show about tragedies compounding upon one another. This the these two characters are feel the most tragic out of it, which is impressive since that is the theme of <laughs> of the series. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get even more wrapping up. Uh, Henry did not grow a spine just for one night. Uh, he grew a spine entirely. Uh, and with all 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 that's happened, makes the I would say very wise decision that he is going to be Miles and Flora's full time caretaker from now on. You know, it actually brings himself back into his own family's life and makes the smartest decision to leave England. Yeah. Taking the kids to America to get away from all these ghosts for someone with a bit less history. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and meanwhile, uh, Jamie and Danny, uh, start figuring out, uh, life together while one of you is potentially a ticking time bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they also head off to America, you know, Greenish Shores, etc. Um, and, we get a lot of little scenes of their life together, and this is most of the rest of the episode, and it's super poignant and touching, because it starts out with, you know, them essentially, I, I don't think they're technic- they're not actually hitchhiking, but like, you know, doing that hitchhiking style of travel across the US, and mm-hmm. literally living day by day, trying to figure things out, like, you know, Jamie is talking about, you know, going up to Canada for Christmas in a couple of months the snow and all that kind of thing and Danny doesn't want to plan that far ahead because she's worried that she's not going to exist in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, time continues to pass. And Yeah, those couple of months turn into five years. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, seems exactly very, they decided to pick that. Um, I don't know why. That's interesting. Because that that happened mm. specifically with Viola, she she's like, you have two months to live, maybe, and it's like uh, five years later, still there. Yeah, uh, yeah. that might be it actually. Good eye. I didn't notice that again. Um, <laughs> that's really yeah. Um, it, it turns the whole life here. You know, they they run a sort of flower store, bookshop, thingamajiggy. I think is is it in Canada? I can't or, tell. Or is it, it just like the northern United States? It, 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 I mean, from my perspective, it just looks like New York, northern United States, like the Seattle, Washington mm-hmm. area. Like Everything's that's what the vibe. Yeah, that's what the vibe that the area mm-hmm. itself gives me, um, visually. Uh, but they don't actually go into where they settle specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we get we get their life together, and it is. So sweet. It's so nice after everything these two went through over the course of the series. Um, we get cute things like Danny is like, Oh, I just found this dying pot plant on the side of the road and want to take it home and save it and and like, Yeah, well no wonder it's dying. Someone pulls up by the roots and there is a ring around the <laughs> roots because we're not legally allowed to be married, but come on. Um yep. 
yeah, um, it, it's so sweet. And the, the worst part about it is that it, you get that, you get that little feeling of hope. And then one day Danny sees Viola in her reflection. Uh, and hey, we started the series with Danny seeing a ghost in her reflection. Yeah. And we're ending the series with seeing a ghost in her reflection, but it's two very different looking ghosts. Uh, with two very different backstories, and uh, from that point on, five years later, um, I will start popping up more and more, and uh, Danny starts sort of closing himself off more and more. There are still happy happy times. They go and visit Owen in France. <laughs> At his restaurant? His, like, yeah, he's running his big tier restaurant, which has a portrait of Hannah sitting in like the highest place of honor on a wall, yep. uh, which is so sweet. Um a batter place. Yes. Because he can't get away from his awful puns even after <laughs> after Bly. Look, you don't want to damage the um the the molecules. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um uh, he bulges some really information about the the Wingray family, namely mm-hmm. the fact that Miles and Flora don't remember anything. Um, yeah. because of course they didn't, don't because they spent the better part of two years existing in their <laughs> memories of their lives. Mm. Uh, but yeah. it's sad because they don't even, uh, remember Mrs. Gross. They, they simply do not recall anything with any certainty that happened during the events of the show. Yeah. Like he says they can, they can recognize photos and they recognize women on site, but they have no idea who the people in the photos are, or who Owen is, just that they were people around at the time. Yeah. Which, you know, everyone concludes is a little sad, but probably. That's, that's yeah. Nice, but, yeah. <laughs> Leave the curses behind. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it seems like everyone's doing pretty well. Um, Danny, however, continues to deteriorate. Uh, for example, flooding the house when she goes to run a bath and sees Viola in the reflection in the water and just sits there staring into the bathtub for literal hours. Um, ironically enough, on the day Jamie comes back with the paperwork making their civil union officially recognized under law. Um, yes. <laughs> really, really tragically. Um, and sort of culminating in her waking up in the middle of the night about to strangle Jamie. Uh, and she's had enough, she writes a note, and she returns to fly. Uh, and we get the, the super tragic scene where Jamie, you know, less than a day behind, races there, dives into the lake, and Danny is drowned at the bottom of the pond. Yes. You know, she wasn't willing to risk Jamie for anything, which, fair. <laughs> and, uh, and begged. Uh, she, she mm. tries to recite, uh, it's me, it's you, it's us. It doesn't work. Mm. She begs to be dragged down with Danny, like, like Viola had done with so many others. And as our narrator says, um, but, uh, the Lady of the Lake was different now. The Lady of the Lake was also Danny, and Danny could never do that. And, uh, she never did, and from that day forward, no one had ever been taken from Bly ever again. Yeah. Yeah, so the, 
The curse was ended initially by just removing the source of the curse, and now that the source of the curse is back, uh, it's fine because it's it's not, got a mediator not, in there. Yeah, exactly. Not it's not psychopathically focused on killing people who aren't children. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that's the end of the very sad story. The very um, long and sad story. Hey, she did say it was very long when she started. We, we get back to the narrator, who at this point we can recognize as a, I would say, mostly successfully aged up Jamie. Um, yes. It's not that says middle aged, but I would say more like, you know, not quite retirement, but getting there. Um, the, the people are getting older, and we look around the people at the wedding reception, we can now sort of begin pinpointing who's who, if they're, you know, like the very old man who is the uh, quote-unquote father of the bride is Henry, uh, clearly has aged very poorly over the years. Um, well, I mean, with all that drinking. <laughs> that, that, all that drinking, that near-death the, the experience. Two, the two years of, uh, <laughs> of yeah, fermenting the liver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. when I saw that, I was like, mm, wow, that's a really old man. And I was like, well, considering how much he was drinking, like, yeah. uh, he, he, yeah. he looks pretty sense. good because he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think they did Owen the Dirtiest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doesn't really look much like him. Um, which I, I mean, I know chefs get fat, but there's a difference between fat and a completely different face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, they, they they got close enough, and it's not a major role to be elderly Owen, I guess. Um, and uh, most importantly, the uh, the bride to be comes up uh, to Jamie after story tell after story, and wonders if she'd made it all up based off a little detail. Um, and Jamie's like, "Well, what's the details?" I was like, "Oh, well, my middle name is Flora." Um, and we we see Henry's gone so far as to allow the kids. Or maybe make the kids change their names to avoid yep. any special association with Fly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, like you don't you don't remember any of this? Yeah, these are your names now. <laughs> yeah, your uh, names. because you know it's it's also worth mentioning that she clearly doesn't realize that that's Jamie. She probably doesn't even remember who Jamie is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but she's got one critique of the story, which is. You said it was a ghost story, and that's wrong. It's a love story. You said that right at the start. Get that right next time. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, you know well, when you tell the story, you can make sure people know it's a love story, I guess, whatever. Um, and everyone goes home for the night because, you know, weddings the next day. It's a big deal. Um, and Jamie has a little routine, which she even does in a hotel, uh, which is she leaves the door open a crack and then falls asleep facing it. Always waiting for Danny to potentially come back, and the very final shot is Jamie sleeping in the chair, and out of nowhere, Danny's hand is on her shoulder, and it's very sweet and very sad, and made me cry. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is not uh, not something that I think uh, any of us were expecting from nope. the end of this. Um, a legitimate, like, heartfelt, um, once again, because the problem gets wrapped up in, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the rest um, of the final is just the aftermath. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, the fallout, 
Once again, if your theme's tragedy, I think you're doing your audience a disservice by not showing the fallout from that, which is mm. what this entire episode is, and that the the fallout inevitably leads to more of it, unless if you're like uh, Miles and Flora, um, you just don't remember that it even happened. Um, yeah. Kind of breaks the breaks the cycle with them, I think. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the close of the haunting of Bly Manor. It's a uh, it's real good. It's some it's some really <laughs> good television. Um, I'm I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's probably one of if not the best show of 2020. And man. Emotions were high in the last few episodes. I think most of the episodes, honestly. Um, it's so good. Like, if you've just been listening to us talk about it, honestly, you could still probably stand to watch it. Um, just to give it the support it needs so they can do another one. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's one. so much going on visually that we can't convey oh, yeah. all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And we're not doing scene by scene. Uh, we're just kind mm-hmm. of breaking stuff down. Um, it's it's well worth it for that. This is uh, to me. I think this is superior to the Honey and Little House as a, as a series. Mm. Like they they just yeah. really knocked it out of the park on this one. Yeah, um, I I agree. Oh, go on, Dave. No, go ahead. Um, say what you're gonna say. And then oh, I'll, I'll say. I I agree. I um, and that's and once again, that's not to disparage Hill House. Hill House is 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 really good it is just doing something different it is this is hill houses is explicitly framed around this is what happens to a family when there has been some horrible family incident that no one wants to talk about or confront and this is is just like it's it's about people and wants and dreams and hope it it's it's for for a a series about a a british haunted manor it is uh surprisingly human in the story that it tells mm. yeah yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> well i was so i was gonna say um <laughs> Going off of the, I we I didn't get around to the end of the book. Um, back when I brought it up several episodes ago, but uh, the turning of the screw wraps up. Um, maybe a little cleaner, a little more neatly, um, but not any more satisfying. Uh, it it turns out in the end, um, uh, Danny's character, um. convinces or she she sends off flora um i think to america no she i think she just sends her she's able to send her away to the city that's what it was sorry uh Hmm. away from the manor and she's dealing with um miles and the the ghost that's trying to possess miles gets miles to because the ghosts are kind of like they're hypnotizing the kids and then doing partial possession so it's similar to what's happening in the tv show uh but the biggest thing is she gets miles to understand like um 
that he can be his own person uh, and that he needs to like kind of have courage and gather himself and not be afraid and just wanting to like live in that kind of dream sense of what they sort of brought up in the, in the, the show where they're like, Oh, we'll just, you'll just live in the memory of your parents. Um, that, that aspect really isn't as much in the short story, but that's like the intent of it is uh, miles has to kind of give himself up um, to be mm-hmm. fully possessed by the ghost. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, I want to say he's, he, I think he says like, Oh yeah, I'm like, I don't believe in you or something, something to that effect to where he's like challenging the ghost and it, it, um, it leaves, like it vanishes. Uh, but unfortunately in doing so, um, because I think because he'd been possessed for so long, um, it like had already taken too much from him and he just kind of dies. Hmm. It's it's really um, like depressing. She's like, "Are you what?" And it comes out of left field. Like, and then yeah. she's left holding his. He's like, he's just went to sleep and didn't ever wake up again. Like, okay, mm. it, it didn't build up like why that that should happen. Uh, but what it did do is it's sort of um I want to say the short story is the yellow wallpaper um where it's calling into um question like the because you're getting this narrator and it's unreliable and the the book and the way it ends is like did she through her um her inattentiveness like kill the child on accident like not directly but her indirect inattention do that like what were there ever any ghosts in the first place uh because as the the i think i may have mentioned it but she the the au pair is the only one that ever sees the ghosts mm, like yeah. even when they're present and she's like going it's right there and then everyone's like there's nothing there so there's never any confirmation or backup of other people going oh yeah there's their place is haunted they just feel uneasy mm. so i think that that's a narrative uh change um very much so because there's no there is no question of there being ghosts um in this So I think them taking that and making the ghost the core concept of what's happening here, um, along with the meditation on grief and memory loss and just kind of all of that, uh, worked really well in the favor of the show, um, but while still keeping the idea of uh, turning of the screw. Mm. Mm. Agreed. But yes, that is us wrapping up all of the haunting of Bly Manor, and we'll, we're sad to see them go. Some of these ghosts were very good. Yes, and yeah. once again, uh, if you haven't been watching as we've been recording these, I once again really highly recommend um, doing so. It's a uh, it's a masterclass in acting and filmmaking and editing and sound design and music. It's a uh, it's real good on all fronts i cannot recommend it enough all right so we'll wrap it up and do the last little bit of admin and then send y'all off to enjoy the first bit of 2021 yes cameron gets to gets (laughs) to super tuck himself away yeah yeah yeah, literally literally tuck himself away for for cameron oh i'm not tucking into anything 
that being the case cameron where can folks find you on the interwebs you can find me on twitter at night underscore twitter night without a k not posted anything over the last few days because new year's um and just holidays in general to be hectic but still got some time off so i'm going to invest that into some premium cat photos for people so if you want any of that come check me out on there uh leonard where can we find you yes you can find me on Twitter as well, uh, at Dr. Faust is dead. You can also find me on YouTube by searching for Dr. Faust is dead. Uh, there's things and stuff and stuff and things. I've got thoughts and ideas. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Admin, admin. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at sentinel underscore plus. It will be in the notes, and you can find this and other back episodes of the podcast on monsterdeer.monster, as well as iTunes and all the other usual suspects. Well, I think that is us wrapping it up, and we will catch you all next time for something. Something. We don't, we've got those things. we got sharks. Do you guys like sharks? Yeah. <laughs> we love sharks. We've also got Sweet Homes. We've got Sweet Homes. We've got um, a Phantoms of the Opera. Very many of them. There's a lot of Phantoms in those operas. So there's stuff in the works. Uh, we will be back accordingly, and this schedule will resume. It's maybe for a little while um, due to moving around situations. Uh, going to stick with the uh, bi-weekly releases um, rather than what we've been doing with the weekly release. Just it's not working right now. So. We'll let you know um, if that changes, though. But mm. that's us saying bye-bye. Bye, folks. Bye-bye. Goodbye.